When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everyone and welcome to the Housewives Archives, a podcast where we discuss in great depth all things Real Housewives. My name is James Evans and she's not an office manager, she's my co-host, you fucking idiot. It's Ellie Nunn. <laughs> I think that that was one of the greatest ends to an episode that New Jersey's ever had, Jen saying that sentence. I cackled when it happened. Has to be the quickest turnaround in terms of a bomb being dropped and the person just owning it immediately it was incredible and didn't skip a beat. i think probably the most i've ever liked jennifer yeah respect if you're gonna do it get the facts straight i really enjoyed a- another moment where i just like chuckled to myself out loud the preview of next week's beverly hills mm-hmm. when erica was like concerned about me or trying to make me look bad and Chris, i was like erica i don't need to make you look bad you're doing that all by yourself i was like <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one and just like cut to kyle's little like pikachu face where she's like <laughs> oi. Oi, 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 oi. hello james 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 thank god you were introducing the episode today because if it was me yeah i would have been dragging us through the first five minutes i might have even <laughs> wept a sentence in <laughs> much like your copious suitcases you had to drag through various <sighs> train stations all across the country by the looks of it i was so excited to come to you today like i've done my homework i've watched the things i meant to watch i have my microphone fully charged have you mic you've done a wee and a poo i feel like a mom. i'm just so <laughs> i'm just like ready to go lunch is packed i'm in the yeah. car room uh <laughs> and <laughs> yesterday at the end of what ended up being a 10 show week I had the journey from hell mm-hmm. to the point that at one stage I said to the others, this honestly feels like biblical levels of challenge to like see if you can break someone. <laughs> right. I felt like Job. I felt like God was like, how much can I take away from you before you'd break? How many pests were you dealing with here? We were on about the seventh curse. Right. By, like... Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for my tale? Hit me with it. I'm all ears. Okay, I can't believe I have to relive this. So we're moving at the moment from Nottingham to Manchester with the show. But because we were in Nottingham for six weeks, we had like all of our stuff up there. And four of us were getting a train together. And between us, in fact, I'm just going to send you a picture of how much stuff we had to give you some context. I'm imagining it's like a Beverly Hills cast trip. Yeah, exactly. Where like each person has like three cases. There's always like one person. They're like, I've overpacked. Ah." Um, Okay, so here's one of our cast members with all of our luggage. Oh, okay, right. Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'm seeing twelve. Okay. Out of how many? Twelve bags. Four people. Four people, yeah. 12 bags. So we finished our 10 show week and we trotted off to Nottingham Station. And on arrival, we discovered that the train was delayed. 
And then an announcement said that the platform had moved. So off we trundled with all of our bags to the new platform. And then the new platform, finally, I should also say that we're still in like a 35 degree heat wave here. Lovely. The train then arrived. We got onto the train. It was the smallest train I've ever seen. It was only two carriages big. We were trying to fit those 12 bags onto said two-carriage train, which had no, like, luggage There's no, like, baggage storage. area. Mm-hmm. So we were doing that sort of Tetris with that for about 10 minutes. And was finally, it standing room out of interest? No, we'd managed to get seats. There was just okay. nowhere to put the luggage. Right. And it was that thing where we were, like, holding up everyone else getting on the train, trying yeah. to move the bags out of the way. Yeah. Finally got that done. Announcement, train's cancelled. Everyone get off the <gasps> train. Oh, no. So we take all the bags off the train and we get told to go to a different platform to get a train to Sheffield and then get the train to Manchester from there. Oh my God. So we go to a new platform, get on the train to Sheffield and on said train are 50 football fans mm. who've just come out of Nottingham winning the game. Oh, of course. sang Won the, game the as entire well. yeah. journey, the entire hour to Manchester, sang song after song after song to the point where I was quite impressed that they weren't having to repeat. I didn't know that their rep was was so big. Song after song of what? I was thought you were going to be like the entire repertoire of Shirley Bassey. Of Andrew or Webber, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just they all have these songs where it's like the equivalent of just going like, kick it in the goal, kick it uh, in the goal. We love football so we kick it. <laughs> yeah, right. Also no air con on that train. Anyway, mm-hmm. we get to Sheffield. Surely by now, God, we have been tested. Mm-hmm. We trundle all of our baggage to get to the other platform at Sheffield. Lifts out of order. Oh, of course. So then we take it in turns to take all of the luggage up three flights of stairs. And as we were taking it in turns to get the luggage to the top, I was standing at the top of the stairs and I'm going to take you through what my brain thought. First, I thought a drop of acid fell on my head. Mm. I literally looked up to the pipe above. And so you went to a drop of acid. Okay. Because that's what it felt like. So something corrosive, a corrosive sensation on your scalp. Yeah. Right. Then I thought, oh my God, I know what's happened. Someone's flicked a cigarette and the end of the cigarette has gone in I, my hair. Right. Yes. So I screamed and I started trying to get it out my hair. And I had a headscarf on and I was like trying to, I thought it was stuck in the headscarf. So I was like. Wait, it was underneath the headscarf? Yeah. It was like in my scalp in here. Right. So then I like ripped off the headscarf and I was like screaming and I was like shaking my hair. And my poor friend Rico, it was the the second time that day that I had just screamed at the top of my lungs next to him in public. Because earlier a friend of ours had jumped out at me in the street and I just fell to the floor, screamed and threw my jacket at him. I'm not great with shocks. Anyway, clearly screaming and and trying to get my hair. And then I said, I think I've been stung by a wasp. (laughs) Sorry. And then there was a beat and I had to say to the three of them, and I'm allergic to wasps. Oh, I didn't know that. No, I did know that. Yes, I did. I remember we spoke about the At which point Hannah was like, do you have your EpiPen? And I was like, no. Nope. Mm Mm-hmm. So we were like, well, there's nothing we can do except wait and see. So again, we trundled off down to this next (laughs) platform. Well, you were just stood and they watched to see if and when you went into anaphylactic shock. Well, because we didn't know if it was a wasp. So we were like, well, I guess we're just going to have to see what happens. Uh-huh. Oh, so okay. we went to the next platform, at which point my head started swelling and I started oh. getting like a big lump on my head. Yeah. The good news is that's not what happens when I get stung by a wasp. But the bad news is I think I got bit by a horsefly or something. I think it was... Oh. 
I don't know if it was like a, or a hornet or so it was like a big lump. Nasty buggers. Famously the kind of fourth of the pests sent by God. Famously, yeah. Anyway, got all the way to the new platform. Announcement. The train would now be coming into the platform that we came from. Cool, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So everything back up. At this point, one person in our party spills a pot of hummus in her bag. Pot of hummus. Sabra. Yes, of course. Oh, uh, it would be. What a waste. Then we get to the new platform, delayed again, changes platform one more time. We finally get on the train to Manchester. Everyone's having to stand up because by now there's so many people on the train because of all the delays. At which point the driver makes an announcement saying there's too many people on this train and unless people get off, we're not moving. It's cancelled. Oh God, I've never heard of that, like a reverse hostage. So then there was like this weird, like, like Titanic Hunger Games moment of like, who's going to volunteer to get off the train and just no one moved. And I honestly, I was like, surely women and children and gays go first. (laughs) I was like, I was like, come on all you football fans. (laughs) Like, off we pop. Come on, be a gentleman. (laughs) Off to the pub. Um... And thank God enough people ended up finally, because it was like a game of chicken. They just kept the train there until enough people left and we just held our ground. And then um, finally we were on our way just in time for me to get to the flat in Manchester at like 11.30 at night and make a self-tape for a shark movie. So, you know, all in all. Hey up. Hey up. (laughs) Hey up. Back in Sue. (laughs) What shark movie was casual, that? Then? Just a just a casual shark movie. I can't say it's actually strictly confidential, James. Oh, but I did I did literally that. have to come in and make a self tape pretending that I'd been in the ocean for like seventeen hours. Um, um, I'm going <laughs> to send like you a photo. Water. <laughs> yes, good on, get off. <laughs> That's literally what the self tape was. Um, and I'm going to now send you a photo of me mid self tape because. <laughs> Honestly, this is just exactly how I looked after our journey. And it was so perfect for the day. Yeah, probably uh, helps, I'm sure. Hang I on, want you but... to note the bruises on my arm and hand from oh, my God, case. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying <laughs> bruising. There's like a bruise on your hand that looks... In, in a smiley very, face. Like a smiley face. Isn't that weird? How unnerving is that? I know. A lot of sweat, a lot of tears. A lot of sweat, a lot of tears, a lot of blood, a lot of vomit. A lot of sharks. I think there's a bit of shit on your face. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you've been through the wars. Wow. Lovely background colour, though. I'm glad you found a good wall. I know, convenient. Mm. So so that was my... uh... <laughs> My 24 hours leading up to this podcast. I have been tested. I've had an amazing day. Have you actually? I've, had, I've went for a lovely old walk. I oh went my to God, the gym. Michael came back from work. He was like, "Do you want to have a sushi lunch?" I was like, "Yeah, all right." Went and had my little oh sushi my lunch. Came here full of energy, ready to record a podcast. Make magic. We're like yin and yang. Right. So that's been a good 10 minutes. So, and I'm Thrilled. conscious that you need to skedaddle because you've got some sharks to fight off. Yeah. So shall we dive into our brief Beverly Hills recap? Yes. My highlight of the new Beverly Hills episode mm. was when one of the transition bits of music started. And instead of our usual sort of tinny, like the... Huh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's just like some smooth music, and I was like, "What an Muzak. interesting choice for this next." Oh, it's Asha playing the piano. Oh, and yeah. <laughs> and then he began to sing, and I was just like, "Oh, we're being treated to a little musical interlude." Just the way Diana plays it out, like it's the way that oh. she presents it as like 
I can't. Do, what's a good Diana voice? Can you do a Diana impression? It's really hard. The it's way really she, specific. Uh, no, it's very specific, and it's probably going to just be quite like insensitive if Offensive, I try and do an impression. Yeah. And yeah, but <laughs> it was so funny the way she was like, "My favorite thing is when Asha doesn't know I'm listening to him play," and I just, and I'm just like with the whole camera crew setting up. That's it was like he was recording thing. a Christmas album, and she's like, "Oh, I caught you," and she's like hiding <laughs> on the stairs having a little listen. And then he was like, "Oh, honey, I didn't see you there. I love it so much," and it's like obviously he's being recorded but I think it's easy for us to just think it's maybe one guy with a GoPro hiding it's not like (laughs) we've all seen the episode of New Jersey when it zooms out when Teresa's been outed for telling Danielle to pull Margaret's hair it's like three cameramen sitting on apple boxes there's several producers there's like PAs there's a gaffer there's a sound guy there's a key grip there's a best boy there's like craft services the fact that they're doing this charade with like a whole film crew filming it's amazing it's in many ways a spiritual successor to Melissa Gorga in the closet being like honey, <laughs> like singing about how she's a wench and then diana's <laughs> joe gorka being like listen listen to mommy sing but the fact that he's really going for it as well he's like <laughs> and he's like oh it's just a little thing i'm doing he's a regular adele exactly just having a patter it's that thing in um you know a star is born when thingy says to lady gaga oh you're a singer like sing us one of your songs and she's like no i, I couldn't possibly um and she's like okay, <laughs> I'm in the deep end, watch as I dive in. Ah. <laughs> or whatever, you know. <laughs> Just something like that. Oh, you know, a little, little something like that. Uh, you know, it's a work in progress. It's like you and Lady Zoulange at Rada. <laughs> They're like, have you prepared a song? You're like, not really. It just tears to the ladies She never got to finish that song. <laughs> it's like a horcrux for me. I need to go back oh. to Bristol or Vic and finish singing the song. And then I think the stars will align and the world will be set to rights. Honestly, that journey yesterday, I've not to go back to it for too long, but I honestly found myself scanning in my head whether I'd done something bad that week and I was being punished. I had like very Catholic guilt over it. I was like... <laughs> It's like, I really shouldn't have pushed that child into the pit. <laughs> yeah, don't listen to James ever again. Ever. Yeah. So, um, New Beverly Hills, it was a really interesting episode, I thought. Mm. Go mm. on. Mm. <laughs> waka waka. waka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fuzzy Bear says what? No, God, that was really <laughs> Yes. Um, well, just in terms of Lisa Rinna and the whole fight with Sutton mm. and all this stuff around the eating disorder as well, I thought there was just interesting... It feels like they're all just like a bit of a mess at the moment. And yeah, the person I- who came out of it the worst as a result was Kyle because it feels like Kyle is the least a mess. So she was the most transparent in just doing the show and just stirring shit where it felt like everyone else is just a bit broken. That Kyle came out the best, sorry, or the worst. No, Kyle came out the worst. The worst, right, 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 yeah. There was such a distinct change, wasn't there, between Kyle at that dinner, transparently stirring up shit, and then getting called out on it, and actually being quite likeable and laughing and being like, yeah, you caught me. Yeah. Between that and then cutting to her talking head that she's probably filmed months later, where she's very sober, going back to her old tricks of, look, I just want Sutton to be honest. I just want everybody to be open and honest. There's nothing, and it's like, Kyle, if you just lent into... 
yeah, then absolutely. it would have been a lot more likable. I found the episode very low stakes, but from that, it was pure comedy and farce from beginning to end for me. I think the season's really found its footing with these bizarre non sequitur celebrity cameos that they keep thrusting upon us. Oh my us. God, it was so funny. We had a two for one today. We had Melissa Etheridge hilariously interrupting Lisa Rinna's soap opera what? breakdown in the middle of a charity dinner. We had Dorit hilariously revealing that she's collaborating with Sharon Stone, her <laughs> old neighbour, on this charity called Homeless Not Toothless. On this charity that I just don't understand. <laughs> homeless Not Toothless. Not toothless. So is it being like is it being like you'll still be homeless but your teeth will look great it's like homeless but not toothless it's like homeless is fine but I draw the line at toothless now that is unacceptable you can have one or the also, other also when she had to stand up with a straight face and be like and they're gonna give someone a brand new smile it's like <laughs> but will they give them any money or security or like or a home or anything I'm so confused <laughs> it's just such a meaningless ridiculous kind of charity that Lindsay Bluth would do from a to development exactly it's like it feels made up completely it just oh my god the idea oh my god who knew that out of such a traumatic incident in the very first episode of this season Dorit would really emerge as a comedy queen you know put her in interaction with any celebrity then the comedy gods just have bestowed greatness upon her it's so good she keeps giving and giving also the most genuinely pissed off she's looked all season was when PK got the lights wrong lighting I was about to fucking lose it I was like if you get triggered by some bright lighting if this triggers a panic attack I swear to god (laughs) I thought it was going to happen when the lights all went out I thought she might be like I don't like it I don't yeah. like that it's dark yeah. you are on thin ice story <laughs> everything even just the setup of the dinner itself was hilarious to me just this bizarre medieval style banquet table where everyone was arguing but like they all had to sort of like do it at 90 degree angles the whole time <laughs> it was it just really tickled my fancy the whole episode I have nothing specific necessarily to say but it was just like lots of little gems like that that I loved it just kept giving and giving my god we didn't talk about last week when Erica did one of my favorite quote ever about Garcelle and when she was like you just watch my world burn to the ground so judgmental oh I love it she's so good we're back to that like Disney origin villain thing she also did a laugh in this episode that I was like there's that cackle again yeah yeah yeah. like a true cackle I don't know what's come over me I'm sorry I know it's probably really annoying for people to hear because she's getting dragged across the floor by the court of public opinion quite rightly but I just think she's she's fucking fab I love her <laughs> she's fucking fab she's fucking, she's fucking fab uh, I- <laughs> she's camp she's camp I love Crystal's husband. And even in the preview of next week, his face when Crystal was upset, I was like, and even though, look, Evan Goldenschneider, I'm sure is lovely. Hey, don't come for my Evan, the life and soul of the party over there. No, no, like, he's great, whatever. But you know, when Jackie was talking about her eating disorder and bless him, Evan just looks like he has no idea what an eating disorder is and is a bit like, well, honey, yeah, you gotta eat or whatever. And you're just like, oh, okay, you don't really get it. Watching Crystal's husband's face when she was talking and like him mirroring her upset or whatever, I just thought, oh, get me a, what's his name? Uh, Rob. Rob. Get me a Rob. John. (laughs) Most basic name on the planet. John. 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 Yeah. I'm going to say niche, but John. (laughs) Like I'm going to say Roberto. I know. I feel like with the whole age difference, normally on The Real Housewives, that would be right for the picking and he would be a very easy villain edit but he's really by all accounts seems to be a really lovely guy I really like him and he's he's just a bit of me 
really funny, sweet. Mm. Love the fact that he loves dancing. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to Disco Week next week and those outfits, the high camp. It's just fab. I was so excited because we saw the clip in the trailer for the season of Garcelle being like, Erica, I don't have to make you look bad. You can do that on your own. And I was waiting for the episode where it'd be like coming up and it would be Garcelle being like, I'm going to get an afro. And I was like, yes, it's going to oh, happen. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> but then I guess, yeah, just briefly touching on like Lisa Rinna and that kind of breakdown. And it, it was really sad. And because the whole fight leading up to it was so ludicrous and ridiculous. And that whole bit when, like you say, that soapy moment of her sort of screaming, when I understand why you did it, I'll move on. And it's like, we're talking about a charity table yeah, that no one John. cares about and nobody cares yeah. <laughs> not even harry hamlin literally no one and i'm just like okay lisa Rinna, what's going on it's a bit of a boy who cried wolf situation isn't it because after so many years of sort of performative emotion it is genuinely quite hard to kind of tell where it is, but there was a particular kind of wail she did that i really recognized because i did it myself in the theater this week one day where it like comes out of you in a kind of guttural howl right. and i was like that's real that's always one of two things that's grief or that's pms and Lisa Rinner and I have covered the board this week. <laughs> Can you give us a selection of noises that you made yesterday, just like across the board? Honestly, James, we were so calm and I... N- uh, that was a selection of noises. Really. <laughs> 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 and, uh, <laughs> we all just were saying, like, thank God it was the four of us because we were four incredibly chilled people, apart from me screaming <laughs> when the bug got stuck in my bandana but we were very good at keeping a sense of humor about it and every time a train got delayed or a platform move happened we were just like of course okay mm. it was a lot of sighing it's, what, it's amazing what the body does when it's in survival mode isn't it yeah whereas today keep, keep i'm on. really feeling the trauma i bet <laughs> today I bet, it's hitting sweet. me what we went through <laughs> okay lovely that you're looking at your phone while i'm talking to you about that <laughs> sorry <too>. sorry <laughs> i'm healing it's kind of our friendship, isn't it? Yep. No, our friendship is me dropping my medication in the road and you just watching me pick it up and then going, I'm a dickhead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, good times. To be fair, I had COVID at the time. I'm pretty sure I did. When we were in LA. Yeah, I was a mess. Do you not remember? Yeah, but you just had it. I don't think you'd have it too um, that okay. close together. This is me we're talking um, about. That's true, actually. I'm shocked um, I haven't had monkeypox yet, by the way. Oh, don't jinx it. Someone was telling me that a friend of a friend of a friend got monkeypox in his ass. What do you want me to say? Like, I Oh, I don't know, James. Like, <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> this too shall pass. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> James, if you think I have the emotional capacity right now to talk really about not. getting monkeypox in your ass, then you are grossly okay. mistaken. <laughs> right? No, is it like that was a face of me being like, "That's not going to happen." Thank you. Right? I hope not. I'm not planning on it. I but, hope not. You know, a friend of a friend of a friend got monkeypox in his ass. It's yeah. just also quite. Let's just call <laughs> him Evan James, okay? <laughs> <laughs> You can sit down for five days. I already does stuff at the gym. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, speaking of which. Speaking of which, should we get on to New Jersey? Let's do it. So, yeah, we're, we're going to make this one a two-parter again. So I think the two main things that really come up in the first half of the season is the real first introduction of Louis and all the 
copious red flags that come with him and all the smoke and all Mm -hmm. the presumably fire and also Mm -hmm. this bombshell announcement that bill had had an affair on had had an affair on had cheated on jennifer which would you like to discuss first should we go for the affair first and then talk about louis let's do it so the Margaret versus Jen storyline has always been a sort of reliable B-plot for the last few seasons now. And here it's sort of been really catapulted to the forefront for the first time once Margaret drops this bomb about Bill having an affair. And as with many things on New Jersey, it all comes from this idea that someone is being a hypocrite. I'm so sorry, I kind of can't get onto the affair until we've touched on the like most glaring thing. Yeah. To happen that first season. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Jen's, Jen's nose. nose job. Mm-hmm. Jen's nose. Her nose and her chin. Oh, she looks like a who from the Grinch. She does. It, honestly, it's it looks she does. like it looks like prosthesis. when they do um, prosthetics for a film. You and you're like, oh, I can slightly tell it's a prosthetic. Yeah. I'm just and and your and your husband's a plastic surgeon. That's what you. Ca- I mean, I like, know. my god. I mean, it's one of the worst bits of plastic surgery I think I've ever seen. I mean, it's always sad. I mean, kind of continuing the discussion that we had last week, it's always sad when these women sort of needlessly have plastic surgery. And I'm conscious of sort of feeding into a dialogue about it that can be problematic. But it feels particularly sad with Jen because there's a housewife on Dubai where some photos of her came out a few years ago before she joined the show and she happens to be Middle Eastern and she has completely changed her face she's had so many nose mm-hmm. jobs so she has the smallest little nose so it just feels doubly upsetting when it's women of a certain ethnicity who are kind of like absolutely whitewashing and it feels like this to, exactly you know, and that's what it feels like with Jen and it just it's really uncomfortable and then it's like doubly bad that it's unfortunately just like a very bad job yeah, a real budget job if we've ever seen one. But it really is something where it's like you can't see past it. Yeah. I just couldn't stop looking at it. Yeah. So she's already coming in slightly wounded. On, she's the, on back the back foot. foot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She's she's the weakest of the antelope. Herd. Yeah. And Margaret comes out with this, well, not even accusation, because what's incredible, like you say, is that Jen just immediately confirms it. This fact about Bill having an affair that they found out. It's really tricky because whilst there's a lot about with Margaret and Jackie and Melissa's side of this argument in this whole first half of the season that I fall down on, it is tricky, this argument they all have about you shouldn't have skeletons in your closet to pull out where it's like, it's tricky because it happens on all these shows all the time. It's like Brandy calling out Adrian's thing. Where it's like, it, it shouldn't really be public property for them to pull out on the show in front of lots of people, regardless of whether I can't imagine how frustrating the hypocrisy has been for Margaret and I totally get her justification but it is low to blow someone's life apart yeah it's like unequivocally if you'd like to indulge the idea that Siggy was this Cassandra fruitlessly warning all of us that Margaret was completely ruthless and pure evil this is probably the closest thus far example where she would be vindicated because because margaret i think is quite capable of some significant cruelty and it's not necessarily that she's gotten any worse in her behavior but i think this time when her subject of scorn is jennifer who despite her flaws is still a relatively normal person over these cartoon villains like siggy and danielle margaret's cruelty suddenly seems slightly more pronounced I think it also, Teresa makes the point that it's very similar to the season before with what Teresa did. Now, the irony of Teresa's point is that she's there being like, so why why is what I did bad? 
where I'm like, no, I have the opposite reaction, which is I thought what Teresa did was awful. So this is just as bad. This is just as awful. Yeah, it's such a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's so easy to go down that road of, well, if you have skeletons in your closet, you shouldn't go on a reality show. But I think people take what should just be a warning of, by the way, this could come up organically and conflate mm. that with it's just carte blanche to go digging into someone's life and to just put it. it out And there. like, even though I get, I get their argument of being like, I get that Jennifer was digging as well, which is bad. And I also totally understand when they were saying, and I, I agree that if Jennifer had found stuff on Evan, she'd have ratted it out. I think they're all as bad as each other on this yeah. front. So it's yeah. not about picking a side. I just think it's a really difficult thing with these shows. And and I really respected the way Jennifer handled it and the fact that she just immediately like owned it. It's such an interesting comparison to Louis and Teresa and how they handled their shit this season, which we'll exactly. get to in a second. But yeah, it's so much... And also, much... I really liked that like Jackie went to her, they had lovely conversation. I want to talk briefly about this Dolores thing. Yes. Because I really like Dolores. Mm-hmm. I really like her personality. She will always be probably my favourite of the New Jersey women. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that I haven't really disagreed with things she's done over the last few seasons. And potentially the most I've ever disagreed with Dolores was this thing of when she told Jennifer about Jackie saying oh, he shouldn't have put his dick in another woman. So annoying. And them acting as if it was this cruel thing where it was like, she she's having your back. Yeah. I don't know how that got turned into a negative. I literally don't understand. And I thought Jennifer, when Dolores said it, was going to be like, oh, I don't really get whatever. So when Jennifer also was like, she said what? I was like, what are you guys hearing? It's so frustrating because it was, again, Jackie's very studious. And I feel like once again, she's taken notes from the last episode and she hasn't... Jackie, in fairness, people keep saying that she's a soldier for Team New School. And actually, I think out of everyone in the cast, she's the one who really does, probably along with Dolores, ironically, holds truest to her values. I feel like there's been instances where she'll say to Margaret, like, listen, Margaret, I love you, but I'm, I disagree with you on this. Like, it's not cool. And when Margaret said the thing about your husband sleeps in the pool house, Jackie, I remember immediately was like, Margaret, if someone said that about my husband, I would be really upset. She didn't try and excuse it or st- stand up for yeah, Margaret. Margaret, she really held true. And I think in the same vein here, even though it doesn't last very long, I think it shows great character and integrity on Jackie's part to be the lone new schooler, to offer Jennifer an olive branch, go across party lines, say, I know how it feels. And she does exploit it slightly by throwing Dolores under the bus and she kind of fishes Jen and Dolores' friendship. But it's just, I think, a sign of how far Jackie has come as a housewife. So it was kind of exciting, like, oh, we're mixing up the dynamic here. But then Dolores has to balance it out by nipping that budding friendship in the bud and then feed Jennifer false information about stuff that Jackie says. And it's so beneath Dolores because she's willfully misinterpreting what Jackie said. So Jackie said... I feel worse for Jen than I do for Bill. How about you don't stick your dick in somebody else, then this wouldn't have happened. That's very different, and it's laced in sympathy towards Jennifer. That's very different to Dolores reporting it back to Dolores and saying, you want to know what your little friend over there said? She said, I don't care. You shouldn't have stuck his dick in someone else. And it's like, sure, maybe it was a slightly crude turn of phrase, but it's framed out of sympathy to Jennifer. It's a Teresa it's move. Absolutely. It's and also it's you're so right about the mixing party lines was so annoying because also Dolores was falling on the side of Margaret. There was an interesting start to the season where the group was all like mixed up from normal and then that set it all back in their place and went straight back to the trope of misreporting and also taking out any sense of like nuance or logic and it was very very irritating yeah i almost feel like dolores is getting a bit of a villain edit because she also has a slightly odd moment when 
she basically tells Jennifer to shut the fuck up and stop crying about the affair. Yeah, that bit was weird too. It's odd because essentially we can assume at this point all the traditional girls, all the team old school have been cheated on at some point. And rather than that being a point of sisterhood between them, it's just treated as something that's very par for the course and it's just a truth of life and that Jen needs to grow up, basically. And Dolores has such an interesting push and pull with her upbringing where she acknowledges the toxicity of old school mentality, but she can't quite give it up. Mm -hmm. She still has those habits where she kind of acknowledges that she's been conditioned to put up with bullshit from men in the past and she's mourned the life that she could have had if she had more autonomy. But then she goes and does stuff like this to Jennifer, which is essentially saying like, listen, I had to put up with it and be miserable and repress it. And so should you. So do you. Exactly. I know you kind of disagreed with me about the thing with David last week or the week before, but There was just something so sad last season where Dolores was trying to say, she was basically justifying her relationship to David and saying, look, he's nice. Like he doesn't beat me. As if like that's the standard. Exactly. That's the bar. I know it was very sad. I feel like she's more scarred by the patriarchy than she would maybe like to let on. Yeah, that's probably true. So I just want to talk briefly about Teresa's reaction to the whole thing to then get on to talking about Teresa and Louis. But it's this fascinating thing of how Teresa, in her usual very black and white way, falls on Jennifer's side, saying that what Margaret did was evil. And as I mentioned before, saying, therefore, what I did last year wasn't bad. And I can't believe that she manages to, to use as an excuse the differences when she says, yeah, but her thing's true. Yeah. That's why it's worse. Yeah. And it's like, right. <laughs> like, so your thing wasn't true. No, it was different. I repeated aroma. <laughs> what she said was true. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, what? I made up something like hurtful. Can, she said exactly. something true that's hurtful. What? Exactly. It's like you can totally imagine Teresa next season having a moment with something where she's like, yeah, but my thing was true. Theirs was just made up or whatever, where you're like, okay, now we're the other way around. Like, yeah, yeah. it's literally she has this ability to just pull out of her ass whatever the situation is to make it part of her morals yeah there's also like great shades of that old housewife's trope as well if i didn't spread a rumor what i did was i heard was a rumor repeated and i repeated exactly. a rumor to, i didn't spread a rumor i spread a rumor that's what i did <laughs> it's like i really want to know what people think spread a rumor means potato potato i know <laughs> exactly i didn't spread um, covid i got covid and then i went <laughs> out and intentionally gave someone covid but i didn't spread covid you fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> so perfect example let's talk about louis and this video because that's a perfect example of something where Teresa then is like i don't want anyone talking about this thing and anything they've heard or anything that they've heard said about this thing Mm -hmm. when that's exactly what she did the year before yeah Teresa's allowed to see something do you think if a video came out of one of the other husbands Teresa wouldn't be the first person if Evan came out in one of these videos which in fact Teresa wouldn't be the first person going around the entire group being like it's out there, therefore I said it, or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, There's let's some... talk about this video. It's so... There must be some copyright on the video. Have you seen because... it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really easy to oh, find. I haven't seen it. Oh, I'll send it to you. Okay, it's... First, it's... If anything, the fact that for whatever reason there's like a copyright on it or some sort of embargo where they can't use it makes it more hilarious. So (laughs) what we get instead of getting shown the video is just these hilarious voiceovers from the women describing it and weird reaction shots. Oh my God. It's one of those like high, high camp moments where the show like 
goes into just a style of editing that's just painful. It's like something from Crime Watch or something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and then it was on the beach and there's like a shot of like feet in the water. And then yes, like, yeah. <laughs> like naked men and there's like a shot of like a flexing bicep. And it's like, <laughs> no, but it's very, um, it's like, I'm assuming that Teresa was like, if you show that fucking video, then I'm quitting. So they didn't. But it's very much, it's like a perfect example of the Streisand effect. You know where Barbara Streisand was like, I don't want any photos of my house. And she like tried to take a photo of her house down from the internet. Right. But then the result was everyone went on the internet looking for photos of Barbara Streisand's house. So the thing she was trying to prevent happening in the first place, she sort of built the fire. Exactly. But also it makes it far more like juicy by the fact that you don't know what it is, because that means that it's like what I'm imagining it is, is probably way worse than what it is. Well, this is what I was going to say. I mean, basically, it's just Louis surrounded by a load of other shirtless men. And he's pleading to this unnamed woman about how sorry he is. And he hopes that she'll take him back. And he wants to start a life with her and get married to her. And presumably after the video ends, they all have sex. But I think in the grand scheme of things, the show really does a good job of hitting the ground running with all the stuff around Louis. And I think this video is probably in the middle of the spectrum of smoke around Louis, where the allegations of him being an abuser are obviously very, very bad. And there's also a load of allegations about him maybe being a sex addict and he has sex addict and he has sex three times a day or whatever, which kind of just feels like that's what Joe Gorga brags about doing. Joe Gorga does, exactly. But I feel like here it's being weaponized against Louis and it feels a bit like, yeah, it's kind of a bit of confirmation bias. But my point is that in the spectrum of the sort of mounting allegations against him, this video probably sits in the middle where it's certainly strange and it's a bit cringe and embarrassing for Louis that it came out. But they're all sort of going around acting as if he was caught on camera bragging about like assaulting someone. They're acting like it's like right, the grab yeah. by the pussy video or something really damning. It's just weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I just, I don't know. I feel like I can totally imagine that this boot camp exists and there's plenty others like it. Like there's so many Wall Street bros with more money than sense. Totally. And, they have toxic masculinity and that they would be right for the picking. To be honest, I can imagine, yeah, this video coming out with any of the New Jersey husbands doing it. I feel like Honestly, just... I can imagine a video coming out with me at the Hoffman process. Well, especially, yeah, I've done weirder <laughs> stuff hasn't at done drama school. You know, like if there was <laughs> exactly. a camera in one of my drama school classes, then that would be really cringe if I went on a reality exactly. show. I don't know. So I just, I feel like over the last 10 years, we've seen Jersey men being toxic and gross. And I don't think it's anything particularly out of the But ordinary. I guess this is Margaret's point of being like he should just address it and he should just talk about what it meant i think what's made much weirder is what is his explanation of the video completely and and his behavior around all of that so let's chat about louis and the short louis well yeah louis turning up at the shore and it's unless there's anything you want to say pre that um pre that i think he comes off relatively well he gets Teresa and joe and melissa together and encourages them to talk in a way where i'm like okay like he's a bit cringe a bit patronizing but like he's sweet yeah i mean that scene when they all have pizza together i think it kind of was a pretty good character reference for him i think that's pretty much how he is normally all the time he's a bit weird and i think if he turned up and said about the video like yeah i just i'm really into this therapy thing that i did and it really helped me yeah people can be like we don't talk about our feelings in jersey but that's it there's something a bit Scientology adjacent about him. There's something slightly culty. And I think that's what's maybe a bit menacing about him is that he definitely, he's very Danny Provenzano and that there's a lot of like excess energy and like chewing gum yeah. and twitches. And it feels like yeah. he's repressing, he's probably repressing a lot of anger because he's like this Jersey bro who's been taught a lot of toxic yeah. traits and he's trying to undo them with going to the other opposite extreme. 
And when he's at that pizza party and he's talking about like, I want to lean more into trust and away from fear. Traumatic experiences have made me very guarded. I'm tired of sitting confusion. I'm not living life, feeling forward, leaning forward. And it just feels like he's sort of eating every mission statement of every cult and just throwing it back up again. And like, oh yeah, read every introduction of every self-help book. Exactly. It's so funny at that pizza party when Teresa's like, I guess what I want more of is loyalty. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? She doesn't even understand the, pro- like the whole you idea is like admitting kidding me you can work on what i want is for more people to be more loyal than me I, and i ain't got no judgment so like i don't know uh, yeah anyway um right the shore in the run-up to the shore appearance there's just over the course of the season there's something very bipolar and erratic about louis appearances on camera where sometimes there's moments where he seems to quite enjoy being on camera and he's quite comfortable mm-hmm. and telegenic other times he doesn't show up he's not like david where he's like clearly incredibly uncomfortable every right. time he has to be anywhere near the show and i think that's maybe a slightly damning thing maybe it's just a sign that i don't know he has his good days and his bad days but sometimes it feels a bit like are you trying to use the show to your advantage and mm. then when you feel like you're losing control you kind of yeah, yeah. and lick your wounds but anyway yeah so he ends up coming to this jersey shore party and his hackles are already up because he's apparently thrown a hissy fit in the car park and he's got on the phone to Teresa, and Teresa's like cussed out all of the producers and so there's already like a weird vibe when they come in and then they bring up this video and it's well, they, so before they even bring up the video they ask if Teresa left in a half and she just flat out lies and is like oh yeah no. and you're just like do you think they're not the going to show that? It's like, Teresa, you've been doing this long enough by now. You should know that they're going to use this. And you it's should have so taught stupid. Louis well. Exactly. And I feel for Louis because I think in a way he wants to tell his side of the story, but he can't get a word in edgewise. Honestly. Teresa sat there like a goose honking the whole time, being like, nah, And then he kind of ends up out of frustration, kind of talking to her and also to Margaret in fairness in a bit of a problematic way. Exactly. It was one of those things where she kept interrupting and I was thinking, oh, I'm on Louis' side right now. Like, it, And then he opened his mouth and I was like, oh, nope, like, no, I'm not. <laughs> two ears, one mouth. Listen more. She won't learn if I don't leave. Yeah. And then, we yeah. don't love that. We don't love that in this house. But yeah, then he goes and tells a massive whopper and says that the video was him breaking up with his ex when actually he was asking her to marry him, which again is so easily refutable. I'm so, I was talking to people at the theatre the other day, we were talking about red flags and I was saying a massive red flag for me is anyone who calls their ex mental. Now I'm aware that I live with my ex and maybe it's too far the other way around that we're like still best friends. But I do think anyone who immediately comes in with the whole kind of like, oh, my ex was mental gets my hackles up because I think it's very easy right off of people and it Completely. never feels like a full ownership and he, the, the second he started talking about the ex and Teresa I was like no 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 I don't believe this for a second yeah, yeah yeah it really got off the rails very quickly and part of me when he told that lie I just wanted to dive into the screen and do a little PR cleanup for him like I don't know why him and Tree are fighting it so much but the videos the video like I said the video's odd but it's not indicative of him being an abuser or a pervert it's not like a no. sex tape of him doing bondage or anything it's not him beating up puppies or anything it's just I've I've done weirder stuff. Beating up puppies. <laughs> yeah, every other day. It's <laughs> your weekend hobby, isn't it? No, sex tapes, not that. I draw the line at beating up puppies. Sure, sure. sure. <laughs> I draw the line at toothless, not homeless. 
Yeah, but if he just said, yeah, I went to a weird male retreat when I was at a low point in my life. I was really desperate to save this relationship. I get the video looks really bizarre, but it was a genuine last ditch attempt to save my relationship. I genuinely mm-hmm. think that probably would have been it for the video at least. And it's like the number one rule of PR, isn't it? It's like embrace your bad story and make it your own like Jennifer does. And then you yeah. take the wind out of everyone's sails. Yeah. And then of course it's like Teresa's it's just like a hit parade of, well, you're, t- you're talking about the past. I don't live in the past. I move forward. You're equating the past with a sense of resolution. Things just because something's physically happened in the past five minutes ago, that doesn't mean it's been resolved or it has closure or anything like that. But also, like you say, it's just like a hit parade of hypocrisy from Teresa in that moment of just like her absolute blowing up at anyone questioning anything in her life or anyone in her life that she loves when she's fundamentally had no understanding of why anyone else on the show is been upset when that's happened to them at the hands of her mainly evan and jackie yeah let's say that margaret's trying to be like i'm saying it out of concern just like Teresa was trying to blag that she was saying with jackie and evan which she wasn't but even then when she was trying to blag it and it's like her whole thing of being like i wouldn't care but then when that mirror is held up and it's ever like well hang on we're asking you about you to have such a huge response and of course to have that whole thing where it's like well Melissa and Joe should be defending Louis and then five minutes later when it's the whole scene is such an amazing crossfire argument of like five it's like a play the way that like five arguments happen across the yeah. room at different my favorite being when like Frank gets brought into it it feels like that song in sometimes into the woods where it's like but it isn't my fault I was given those beads and oh it's yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah. between yeah. the different people when Jennifer calls Joe Gorger a little bitch or whatever, mm-hmm. and Teresa the next day has the nerve to kind of be like, what? I wouldn't even notice something like that. I would like to be like, well, I, I wouldn't, I like, yeah. that just wouldn't bother me. And you're just like, what are you talking about? I think that whole Jersey Shore blow up was so dynamic because it was just going in every direction. But also, to be honest, everyone was kind of being hypocritical. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be probably team Melissa more than team Teresa. But for a few years now, I feel like Melissa's always said, oh, can you imagine if I didn't leave with Teresa? Like, I wouldn't hear the end of it. But I feel like it's been many years since she's done that. The fact that Teresa sent Melissa a text being like, hey, can you not mention the Louis thing when he's here tonight? And then immediately Melissa goes out to the pool and it's like, hey guys, Teresa texts me and like told me not to mention this thing. Sure. Like they're hypocritical about that. Jennifer's hypocritical about being annoyed with Margaret for digging up stuff about the marriage when she was trying to dig up stuff about Jackie's marriage. Uh Frank's hypocritical for saying women, they love to gossip when he's apparently gossiping about like, or knows stuff about Jackie and Evan and knows stuff about Bill and Jack. Like everyone's hypocritical. And then in the middle, we have Tracy just sat there the whole time, (laughs) just blinking. God love her. Oh my God, Tracy with her husband (laughs) turning up halfway through. I love that shot of him turning up. It's a bit like, like as he's coming in the back gate. I know. (laughs) Into like yet another Jersey opera. I think the effect's slightly dulled as well because I think we don't get the reference, but apparently he's like very famous in the world of sports. Oh, okay. And I think that's where she was on because she has a very famous husband. But I'm just obsessed with this idea that this supposed celebrity just exists in various guest houses, like explaining the exposition of the show. <laughs> and he's like lying there on a bed with Tracy being like, can you believe that Teresa? And that, God, she really yelled at <laughs> Melissa last night. Oh, hey. <laughs> it's one of my favorite phenomenons on Housewives when they've cast someone who's clearly meant to be a full-time housewife and then they immediately turn out to be shit. And then they just get like slowly demoted in the editing process yeah. to the point where they're just this ghostly presence very much the Barbara Kay effect we're looking at you Elise yeah. our friend Elise <laughs> love you mm. um, I don't believe it but I'm going to have to go I know it's alright 
I'm so sorry and also so, so sorry to people for the sound quality of last week. I tried to listen to our own episode and I got 10 minutes in before I was like, I can't hear this bitch. Um, I, I, last week was just not a good look, generally. It was falling apart. I'm so sorry. I'll try and do better. We only have Oof. one more episode left, Oof. hopefully. Oof. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. Shall I take us out? Absolutely. Take us out. Thank you for joining us this week on the Housewives Archives. Make sure to click subscribe so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, we would really appreciate a rating, or if you'd simply tell your friends about the show, that would help us out too. Thank you for joining, and we'll see you next time. Bye! Bye.